Exodus chapter 2. If you have your Bibles, let's open them to Exodus chapter 2. And we're going to read verses 11. Exodus chapter 2, verse 11. And I want to preach a very simple message tonight. I want to encourage you tonight. You know, F.B. Meyer, one of the preachers, uh, he said, you know, when they asked him, what would you do differently? He said, I would encourage people more. Amen. So you know what? Who needs encouragement? I don't know about you, but we all need encouragement. Can you say amen? And so let's uh, turn to the book of Exodus chapter 2. I'm going to read verses 11. And while you're turning there, I want to give you a bit of a, a background. The shortest NBA career ever held by a person. Listen to this. His name is Jameson Curry, the shortest NBA career in whole history. He holds the record for the shortest NBA career of just 3.9 seconds. He didn't even touch the ball. Poor thing. Oh, can you imagine? Oh, yeah. Man, I played for the NBA. Oh, yeah, really? Oh, yeah, 3.9 seconds of it. <laughs> it's like, but get this. This, uh, this guy didn't even get to touch the ball. He was the uh, uh, high school superstar. You know, in his day and age, he was, uh, everyone was telling him, oh, no, this guy's going to be the next NBA superstar. And then, but then all of a sudden, he ends up failing. He fails on and off the court. He gets caught up with drugs. He gets caught up with the life of parties. He's running with the law. And now he's gone from this superstar individual down to this no-name person. Ruined his life because of his, let's call it as it is, his failures, his bad choices, his bad decisions. Derailed him from his career of playing professional basketball. And so tonight I want to talk about failure, overcoming failure tonight. The sermon I've entitled, The Bounce Back, Overcoming Failure Tonight, Exodus chapter 2, verses 11. Because, uh, you know, how many of you know, maybe you've come in contact with people and you probably know some people who were projected to be one of the next sports stars, but yet because of their failures, one after the other, failure after failure, they become a complete mess. And the question that everyone needs to ask themselves you know, no matter how long you've been a Christian, whether you are a new convert, uh, the question we need to ask ourselves is, how are we going to process life when we fail? Amen? How do we process failure? How do we handle failure? And so tonight, we're going to look into this Bible and look at a man who failed, and he fails big time, and his name is Moses. So verse 11 of our text, Exodus chapter 2. Listen to this. Now it came to pass in those days... When Moses was grown, that he went out to his brethren and looked at their burdens. And he saw an Egyptian man beating a Hebrew, one of his brethren. So he looked this way and that way. And when he saw no one, he killed the Egyptian and hid him in the sand. And when he went out the second day, behold, two Hebrew men were fighting. And he said to the one who did the wrong, Why are you striking your companion? Then he said, Who made you a prince and judge over us? Do you intend to kill me as you killed the Egyptian? So Moses feared and said, Surely this thing is known. When Pharaoh heard of this matter, he sought to kill Moses. But Moses fled from the face of Pharaoh and dwelt in the land of Midian. And he sat down by a well. Now the priest of Midian had seven daughters. And they came and drew water and they filled the troughs to water the father's flock. And the shepherds came and drove them away, but Moses stood up and helped them and watered their flock. When they came to Reuel, their father said, he said, how is it that you have come so soon today? And they said, an Egyptian delivered us from the hand of the shepherds, and he also drew water for us and watered the flock. So he said to his daughters, and where is he? 
Why is it that you have left the man? Call him that he may eat bread. Then Moses was content to live with the man and he gave Zipporah his daughter to Moses. Let's pray. God, I thank you for your word tonight. I pray for every single person here tonight that has faced failure. Lord God, that you'd minister to them tonight. God, I pray that you'd help us as a church, Lord God, to process failure. And Lord God, to seek those who have even failed themselves to redeem them. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. So let's consider the first point, which is failure is a reality. How many can say amen to that? You know what? None of us, uh, you know what, in this room have been, you know, had a perfect run and say, you know what, I've got it all together. You know what? Yeah, you know what? I've got, had no, mix, you know, made no mistakes. I'm all good. Man, you liar. What a big fat liar you are. We've all made mistakes. Come on, somebody. We've all, you know what, messed up from time and time again. And in our text, gives us this interesting snapshot of Moses. I mean, this is Moses. He's not the, at this point, this is not Moses, the lawgiver. This is not Moses, the deliverer, the powerful man of God. This is not the Moses, uh, you know what, that, see, that made the miracles. This right in this picture is Moses who failed and failed big time. Right in this text, right in this snapshot picture of what we've just read, Moses is at the age of 40. He's made up his mind right there and then and say, you know what, I'm going to uh, leave the palace. I'm going to, you know what, uh, I've, I've found out my true calling, which is to be with the people of God. And he begins to make this decision. You know what, I've had enough of the world, is what he's saying. I've had enough of, of living for the, the Pharaoh, the slaves of the Pharaohs. And he begins to, there's a change in Moses' heart. There's a purpose now being rekindled within him. He's willing to walk away from the palace. And here's one thing I want you to understand, because usually after our greatest victories come our greatest defeats i don't know about you but sometimes you make some good decisions in life and it's all of a sudden you're doing well but then all of a sudden you make some bad choices and it's like man we, we it's like victory turned into defeat it's like oh my goodness why is that why is it that we you know we get attacked all of a sudden you know what well, there's been a massive attack when we fail because we have this tendency to let our guard down when we've done right I mean, you know what I'm talking about. You know what? Oh, yeah, cool. I've got it. Uh, you know, I'm making some good decisions now. And so uh, there's this tendency to now let our guards down. And then we fail and it was like, oh, man, I just need to quit. But Moses, listen, he decides no longer does he want to roll with the Egyptian crew anymore. The Bible tells us that he came upon an Egyptian man beating a Hebrew man. And the Bible tells us Moses' intention. He said, the, we just read it. He looks this way. He looks that way, checking out the scene. Is it, I'm going to do it. I'm, his intentions is going to kill him. And he kills the God, buries him out of rage, out of anger. He kills this Egyptian man and he tries to cover up his tracks. You know what? Whenever we fail, whenever we make a mistake, we try and cover it up, don't we? It's the same thing that happened in the Garden of Eden. They begin to mess up. They had made a failure. And what did they do? They begin to cover themselves with fig leaves. And I'm telling you tonight, you know what? People today have made some modern day fig leaves. They begin to cover up their mess with alcohol. Come on. They begin to cover their mess with drugs. Come on, somebody. Don't be quiet tonight. They begin to cover up their mess, their failures with all these things in life. And then all of a sudden, it's like, you know what? No, nah, no. Nah. And God comes out and is looking. Where are you? There's a, there's a search. God is looking for people and people are hiding behind their things. Moses fails in this picture. Moses realizes, man, his destiny. He finally decides, yes, I'm going to live good. But then he, dis he makes a bad decision and he fails within 24 hours. Ruins his own life. 
He fails and he fails big time. But here's the encouragement tonight. God works with those who have failed. Can you say amen? Aren't you grateful for that tonight? That God works with those who have failed. The truth is tonight, if you study the Bible, if you read the Bible biographies, you realize very quickly that people in the Bible, that they fail often and often and often. The men of the Bible, man, they're not heroes. But these men are not Marvel fiction characters. They're not airbrushed or covered up or hidden. These men, you know what, we read into the details of their lives that, you know what, these are some simple men that made mistakes like you and I. James said of the mighty prophet Elijah that he was a man of like passion. The message translation says it that Elijah, for instance, was human just like us. So many times we think, oh, yeah, i got to be a Christian. And all of a sudden I become this superhuman being. And I was like, you know what? Oh, yeah, I don't, I don't, now I don't sin. Now I don't. It's like, and the next minute you fail and all of a sudden this condemnation come upon you. And all of a sudden it's like, oh, man, I can't do this. Oh, I, can't, I can't live this Christian life. And we just give up. Not knowing the truth is this. You know what? We're just normal people who carry around this thing called the flesh. Normal men in the Bible fail like most of us. So I want to give some examples in the Bible. Abraham. Here is a man, the Bible tells us, he's the father of our faith. The Bible tells us he was a friend of God. He was accounted to him for righteousness. And then what does Abraham do? He gets impatient. He gets a wife, a second wife called Hagar, has a son named Ishmael. And all of a sudden, because he reacts out of this carnal nature, and he now facing even problems to this day because of it, because of Ishmael. Think about Joseph. We love the story of Joseph. Joseph, the, the young man who went from the pit to the prison to the palace. We love reading all about that. But God began to give this young man a vision. He began to fill him with visions and dreams. And I want to say every young man, you know what, could be filled with a bit of pride at the start. They got no trouble telling their own brothers. They got no pr trouble telling their parents, oh yeah, God's got massive plans for me, man. Yeah, God's got, you know, massive things. And let's be honest, sometimes young men especially, when God puts his hands upon their lives, they better watch out. Pride can get a hold of their lives. And through failure, God begins to use these kind of men. David, for example, and his lust. Joshua and his jealousy. John, think about John for a minute. He's saying, Jesus, call down fire, consume them, burn them up out of rage. Peter is a classic example. He says to Jesus on the very night, oh yeah, they'll all deny you except me, Lord. Pride, except me, Jesus, I'm the one, I'm the, I'm the guy, Lord, who'll always be beside you. Next minute, he's swearing. Next minute, he's by the fire warming himself up. It's a picture of being lukewarm. He's by the fire, his language changes. He denies Christ. He fails and fails miserably. And the truth is this tonight. We've all experienced failure. Amen. And the Bible is filled with good men and good women who have failed and failed time and time again. And I want to encourage someone here tonight. Maybe you failed. Listen, there's still hope for you. Come on, listen, maybe you've uh, lived a life and you're trying to be a Christian and then all of a sudden you go to school or all of a sudden you hang around with your friends and all, then you just get caught up in the peer pressure and you just do things, you make a bad decision and all of a sudden it's like, nah, I'm going to church. I ah, forget church, you know what, it's too hard because of failure. Or you witness to people on the street and you tell them, hey, come to church. 
And they say the, the, you know, the most popular phrase, oh, you know what, the church is just filled with hypocrites. Has anyone ever, you know, experienced that? Oh, man, yeah, and the church is filled with hypocrites. Yet they've never stood in church, yet they've never read the Bible for themselves to realize, you know, what a hypocrite is. A hypocrite is someone, you know, who isn't someone who fa- uh, falls and fails. A hypocrite is someone who is phony, someone who pretends. Not the person who's here tonight struggling with sin or failure. It's the one who has plans to go after church and sin. The hypocrite. There's so many stories of people who before they were successful were complete and absolute failures. Think about Babe Ruth for a minute. Babe Ruth was this famous baseball player. Everyone knew him as the striker, um, as the uh, home run king. Not knowing his whole career was actually uh, known as the strikeout king. That every time he went to hit the ball, strike, he's out, he's gone, he's finished. And he wanted to quit, he wanted to give up, but he said, no, nah, he just kept going out there, ready to bat. Think about Michael Jordan. He said this, and I quote, listen to what he said. I've missed more than 9,000 shots in my career. I've lost almost 300 games, 26 times, he's counted it, 26 times I've been trusted to take the game-winning shot and missed. I've failed over and over and over again in my life, and that is why I succeed. I want you to understand failure is part of life. We need to have a right view of failure. So I want to give two thoughts to help us tonight. Number one, and that is this, the truth that everyone fails. And that should bring encouragement to you in a weird way. You know what? Everyone's not perfect. The person next to you is not perfect. You know what? The person at the back, they just laugh. No, we, we, we all ain't perfect. Come on. And so that is the truth. And we should find solace in these men in the Bible that they weren't perfect. That's why we're called the potter's house. That we ain't perfect vessels. Man, we messed up broken pieces. That we need to be in the hands of the potter, Jesus Christ, that takes our brokenness. That takes the mess that we've done and begins to heal our broken heart. When we come into the potter's house church, he begins to heal our brokenness. That when we come into it, he begins to take our messed up marriages and he begins to transform it together. That's why we're called the potter's house. The truth is this, we've all failed. Everyone's failed, and that is why our church needs to be open to the broken. Our church needs to be ready to lend a helping hand, to be Christ's hands and feet, to say, listen, come to church. No one's perfect in here, but guess what? There's one who is. His name is Jesus, and he wants to heal us. Come on, somebody. There is one only King of kings that wants to heal our brokenness again. The devil will lie. He will continue to use his tricks and he'll say, oh, don't go to church. Ah, you know what? You've messed up too much times. You don't, don't even go to church. The roof will fall on your head by the time you walk in. Uh, you know what? Oh, yeah, you can't go in because, you know what? You've got, got too many problems. Oh, don't go to church. The devil will lie to you and say, ah, don't come. You know, there's none of the people that are in there have no problems. None of the people in here, they get tempted. No, they don't even get tempted. You know what? You don't come to church. You know what? None of these people have failed like you. What a lie. We've all failed. And I want to tell you, you're surrounded with people who've made mistakes but have made the decision to say, you know what, my hands are in God's hands. They're in the potter's hand. And tonight, you know what, you can give your failure. You can give your mistake. You can give your life and say, God, I've made a mistake. God, I've made a failure of my whole life. I want to give it back to the potter. I'm telling you. 
He begins to take those broken pieces that have been broken and by a relationship in your life. He can take whatever it is that's been broken or messed up, where maybe you've been violated. He can take it right there and then when you begin to repent and accept Him again as your Savior. And He begins to make all things new, the Bible says. Any man being Christ is a new creation. Old things have passed away. Behold, all things now become new. Thank God for Jesus Christ, that He takes our mistakes and failures and He transforms us. Amen. The Bible isn't just information, it's transformation. That's what we're believing for. You know what, it's not just us coming in, oh yes, what does the scripture say? Oh yeah, verse 4, yes, let's get that information in. Oh man, if we're just all information, no transformation, go home. Forget church. Don't come to church if it's all just information. Man, forget about it, we just waste our time. Man, we got to come to church and say, God, I messed up, transform me, Jesus. God, I don't want to live a life that's wreck. I don't want to go out there anymore and be like, you know what, I've had enough. God, transform me tonight. Come on. And that's the good news tonight. Secondly, God helps us with our failures. The truth is we've all failed. The second thing, God helps us with our failures. You know, if God did not give up on David, if God did not give up on Peter, listen, he won't give up on you. Hebrews chapter 4 verse 12 says this, Sorry, Hebrews 4 verse 15, For we do not have a high priest who cannot sympathize with our weaknesses, but was in all points tempted as we are, yet without sin. That's encouraging. You know that we serve a God who understands what you're going through. That we serve a God that feels what you're feeling. That when you go home at night and you've, you've cried, you know, you drowned your pillow with tears, He knows what you feel. That Jesus Christ knows exactly when you wake up in the morning that you got to face this boss again and again. He knows what it feels like to be mistreated. He knows what you feel like to be hurt. He's a God who understands you. And He's working with you and I. And He says, you know what? I want to redeem them. I want to heal them. And this is the amazing revelation that Jesus Christ, the Son of God, takes the sin of the world upon Himself and He looks out and He took your sin and my sin. He took your failure. He took your mistakes. He took our dirty sin and He says, I'll come to an earth to be the Savior who is sympathetic and I will help you. And the real issue is not when people sin or fall. But the real issue is tonight, how do you bounce back? So let's talk about, secondly, bouncing back. True story, a man by the name of Nicholas Alchemade. I want you to listen to this story. It's quite powerful. He was in this aircraft back in the day who was attacked by a German firefighter, a night fighter aircraft that damaged the wing and the fuselage, setting the plane on fire. Nicholas Alchemade at the back of the plane was already being scorched by the flames his rubber oxygen mask melting on his face, his arms seared by fire. Scrambling for his parachute in a panic, was hit with a moment of pure dread when he finally located it. For his parachute, like everything else around him, was on fire. Faced with a terrible choice to either burn to death or fall to his death, Alchemade chose to the latter option. He jumped from the burning plane without his parachute. And falling at almost 120 miles per hour and looking up at the starry night sky and the burning airplane from which he had just jumped from, he lost consciousness. Amazingly, he woke up three hours later, lying in deep snow in a pine forest, 
It seemed that the flexible young pines had slowed his descent enough that the snow was able to cushion his fall. He had not broken any bones. My goodness. He had managed to sprain his ankle after his 18,000 foot fall from the sky. In addition, he had suffered burn wounds from the fire and had pieces from the actual, uh, from the actual fire embedded in his skin. He fell three miles and he survives a fall. The reason I share that story is because you can survive a fall tonight. There's a bounce back. No matter how far you've fallen. Oof, doesn't matter, you know what, what you've done or whatever mistake you've made. No matter how far you've fallen, you can still have a bounce back tonight. You can still survive a fall. Number one. Reason is this. You can survive it. Don't quit. If you, if, you're not, if you haven't listened so far, listen to this. Don't quit. The story of Moses didn't end right there in that snapshot. It shows us, you know, we like to read and we, we read all of Moses' highlights. We know that he's a deliverer. Oh, let my people go. We read about the plagues. We read about God making a miracle in a way. The Red Sea, they walk through. Wow, powerful. But we never read the story of Moses when he failed. Moses' fail gives us a picture that the story isn't over. That there's still hope for Moses. That the story doesn't end. And I want to tell you tonight, the story doesn't end with you. Don't quit. Don't give up. Don't throw in the towel. There's chapters waiting and waiting for you to step into whatever God has planned for your life. Don't quit. Man, I've been there personally myself. I wanted to quit. I wanted to throw in the towel. My wife will tell you all about it. Yes, he did want to quit. <laughs> yes, he wanted to quit. He wanted to be a little boy. You know, yes. <laughs> Don't, no. He was a strong man. He was... <laughs> I'm telling you, I wanted to quit. There was times, I'm, I'm, I'll be honest with you, there were times even when I had a personal, when we had a changeover of pastors. Now we can sugarcoat the message, oh yeah, we've had your pastor changeover here and being the uh, pastor Bobby, yeah. And you're sitting here and you're ready to quit. I've been there. I've had three pastors who, you know, changed. And I've been there every single time. I wanted to quit. I was like, oh man, this guy just wants to come here, you know what? He doesn't care about us. This guy's like, warped mentality. But if it wasn't for good friends surrounding me, if it wasn't for Pastor Sean and Pastor Ash in Ipswich, at the time, they weren't even pastors yet. We weren't even out. Just disciples trying to, you know, make it to the next chapter. <laughs> I want to tell you tonight, don't give up. Don't quit. Don't throw in the towel. Yes, there's been a changeover. Yes, things are difficult right now. But listen, there's a next chapter to the story. There's a next chapter for your life. There's a man that gave up in the Bible. His name is Judas. He betrays Jesus with a kiss. I mean, kisses the gateway of heaven. With 30 pieces of silver and Judas is now overwhelmed by this sense of guilt. He takes the money back and he says, oh, take it back. I've done wrong. And, and the, the Pharisees are pretty much saying, you know what? Uh, you, you, you've done it. No, no, no. We're not taking it back. And Judas is now overwhelmed with this guilt that all he needed to do was to fall on his face, repent. But he didn't choose to do that. He quit. He committed suicide. Listen, you do not lose when you fail. You lose when you quit. 
I'll say that again. You don't lose when you fail. You lose when you quit. People can give you a million reasons why they left church. Oh, yeah, you know, I just got to work close. Oh, but really on the inside, they've messed up. Really what's going on the inside is, you know what, I just can't do this anymore. Proverbs 24 verse 16 says this, For a righteous man may fall seven times and rise again. Amen. Thank God for that verse. Amen, Gina. In our minds, listen, we think a righteous man never fails. But the Bible gives us hope that, you know what? Moses wasn't perfect. Now we ain't perfect. But listen, Moses was willing to get back up again. Listen, bounce back from the fall. There's hope tonight. I come here tonight to tell somebody tonight, listen, there is hope for you. It's time for a bounce back. It's time to respond to the altar call and say, you know what? I'm going to give my life to Jesus. It's time to give your life to Christ and say, I'm going all in. Just like that guy who jumped from that burning uh, plane. Listen, you need to jump from your burning life that you're living in. That's sending you straight to hell. Repent from your sin. Yes, you've messed up. Guess what? We all have. But the point is this. You can bounce back if you just choose to repent and give your life to Jesus. Samuel said this in 1 Samuel chapter 12, verse 20. Then Samuel said to the people, Do not fear. You have done all this wickedness. Yet do not turn aside from following the Lord, but serve the Lord with all your heart. I want you to think about this story for a minute because Israel, the people of Israel, they sinned. They made a terrible uh, mistake. And Samuel says, yes, you did wrong. Yes, you've messed up. Yes, you've blown it. Yes, you've blown it. You know what? Forget it. But the truth is this. Don't give up. Don't turn aside from following the Lord, but serve the Lord with all your heart. That leads us to, you know what? Whenever we've fallen, there comes a picture right there that says, you know what? Serve the Lord anyway. You got to take up an attitude of a servant. Moses in our text runs for his life and he helps save the daughters and he serves them. In verse 16, listen to it. Now the priests of Midian had seven daughters and they came and drew water and they filled the troughs to the water and their father's flock. Then the shepherds came and drove them away, but Moses stood up and helped them and watered their flock. Amen. Moses chooses to serve. The prodigal son, he messed up. He wanted his father's inheritance. But then he says, if only I can become like one of the hired servants. Listen, whenever you failed, you know what? You got to come back and say, you know, I want to serve again. I want to serve again. Whether it be in, a, uh, in church to say, yes, I want to help out. I want to serve. Listen, there's hope for you tonight. You might think, oh, yeah, I, I might, I'm just not perfect. I can't serve in church. You know what? I made mistakes. Listen, no, there's hope for you tonight. You can still serve. You've got to come back with a servant heart. Man, I've seen so many people over the years, they get saved and then they make mistakes and then, you know what, big time. But then they come back and there's this attitude. They're not willing to surrender. There's this attitude. They're not wanting to serve. There's no humility there at all. And I feel like saying to them, man, brother, you just need to come back to the altar. Sister, you just need to come back to the altar. God wants to pour out His blessing, His favor upon your life, but you're standing in the way. Surrender your life to Christ. Be a servant. Alan McGee, back in World War II, this guy, he was uh, in an aircraft plane as well. But get this, he falls 2,200 feet. This was the guy who was in this little bubble uh, under the plane where he's like, 
killing the, you know, he's got the um, automatic rifle gun and he's shooting everything. Anyway, they, they shoot this particular plane and he falls from the window. Get this, he falls. He didn't end up, you know, falling on snow like the other guy. He ends up falling into a church, <laughs> a Catholic church. And he fell, broke bones, he you know, uh, broke his arm, everything. He was just like, he was lucky. He was, you know what, thank God that he's alive. But he fell in church of all places. Listen, tonight, if you fall, fall in church. <laughs> but get this, this is the point I want to make. You know what he did after he fell? You know what he did after he fell all that way down to the ground? He wanted to become a pilot. <laughs> he decided, you know what, I'm going to get back up and fly another plane. He said, you know what he said? I still want to be of service. I still want to be of service. Is there anybody here tonight that you don't want to say, yep, I made a mistake, but I still want to be of service. I'm telling you, this church, this church, there's no room, there's no capacity what God's going to do here in this church. I'm telling you tonight, we need more servants that say, you know what, I am perfect, pastor. You know what, I'm not perfect in this church. I'm willing to serve. I'm willing to surrender my life to become Christian and serve. It's not over for you. It's not over tonight. Amen. Let's bow our heads in a word of prayer. Encouraging message to say, you know what, it doesn't matter what you've done. There's still hope for you. Despite your failures, there's hope. Thank God for Jesus.